Welcome to Episode 2 of The Lives of the Saints, First Series, The 1928 Book of Common Prayer Saints. I'm Father Ron Shipley, Founder and Director of the Anglican Internet Church. In this episode, I pay tribute to St. Thomas the Apostle, whose feast day or holy day is December 21st. Knowledge of St. Thomas is quite limited. His name appears in all four lists of the Twelve Apostles, plus in the list in Acts of the Apostles. But like St. Andrew, St. Thomas speaks only in the Gospel of St. John, in John 11, 16, 14, 5, 25, and 28. Most of what we believe about him comes from church tradition. It is believed that St. Thomas was, like the two sets of brothers James and John, Peter and Andrew, a fisherman from the Galilee. In his gospel account, St. John referred to him as Thomas called Didymus. Didymus in Koine Greek means twin. In Aramaic, it is Toma, which, as we will show later, is the name he is known by in the post-resurrection period of his life. The illustration is an early 18th century Russian Orthodox tempera and gilt on panel icon from the iconostasis at Transfiguration Church, Kiji Monastery, Karelia, Russia. The church has never accepted the supposition by some modern scholars that the word twin means he was a half-brother of Jesus, or another title for the same is brother of the Lord. It also rejects the claim of scholars who argue that he is the same person as Jude, the author of the epistle of the same name. For most Western Christians, St. Thomas is forever saddled with the name Doubting Thomas based on John 20, verse 25, even though he was not only the on, he was not the only one among the apostles or disciples who at times doubted Jesus. The name presents an incomplete picture of St. Thomas. In this commentary, I will present St. Thomas in a broader context. The first evidence of a dis different image is found in John 11, verse 16, in which we learn that after the death of Lazarus, some of the twelve disciples were reluctant to follow Jesus back to Judea, where the Jews had tried to stone Jesus to death. St. Thomas, showing no doubts and not lacking in willingness to risk all, said boldly, let us also go that we may die with him. The image of St. Thomas is also affected by another dialogue unique to the Gospel of St. John. At the Last Supper, Jesus speaks of going away. In John 14, verses 3 and 4, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, 
that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. St. Thomas then showed a certain, perhaps stubborn, literal-mindedness when he replied in verse 5, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? It is doubtful that St. Thomas was the only one among the twelve who did not understand Jesus' words. The irony of the encounter is that Jesus turned Thomas's hard-headed literal-mindedness in verse 5 into an occasion for one of the bold I am declarations of his divine identity that are unique to St. John's Gospel. St. John says that Jesus was speaking directly to St. Thomas when he said in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. For more on the I Am declarations in the Gospel of St. John and the context in which they were spoken, see episode 29 to episode 35, New Testament Gospels and Epistles. Episode links are found on the Bible study page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The incident for which St. Thomas is remembered as a doubter came after some of the twelve, not including St. Thomas in John 20, verse 24, had seen the resurrected Christ appearing in a closed room and in which he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. They reported what they had seen, to which St. Thomas famously replied in verse 25, Unless I see his in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. St. Thomas's own encounter with the resurrected Jesus came eight days later in the same closed room. Jesus, appearing to them, declared in verse 26, Peace to you. And then he challenged St. Thomas with this. Reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Nearly all icons, frescoes, stained glass windows, or paintings of the scene in both the Eastern and the Western Church tradition, show St. Thomas as actually touching the wounds on Christ's body, including the Russian Orthodox icon, the Confession of St. Thomas, painted by the celebrated icon artist Dionysius around 1500 at the Pavlo Obnorsky Monastery in the Volgoda Oblast region of northwest Russia, and now in the Tretyakov Gallery in Moscow. In this case, is this a case of artistic license? St. John's account does not say that St. Thomas actually touched Jesus. What he does 
quote Thomas as saying, offers a very different image of St. Thomas. In verses 28 to 29, he said, And Thomas answered unequivocally, saying, My Lord and my God. To which Jesus replied, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The editors of the Orthodox Study Bible New Testament and Psalms 1993 edition point out that St. John's account does not say that Thomas actually touched Jesus. A far more important teaching point about St. Thomas's reply is often overlooked in the Western Church tradition, and that is St. Thomas's unqualified declaration of Jesus's sovereignty and divinity, using in Greek two of his titles, my Lord, Kyrios, and my God, Theos. No one else in the Gospel of St. John addresses Jesus in this clear and unqualified way except John himself in his reference in the opening verse, John 1, 1 1-5. It is for this boldness in verse 27 and not for his proclaimed skepticism eight days earlier in verse 25 that St. Thomas should be remembered. The closest parallel to St. Thomas's statement, My Lord and my God, in the New Testament is the title St. John used frequently in Revelation, O Kyrios, O Theos, O Pantocrator, commonly translated as Lord God Almighty. For more on the meaning of Lord God Almighty and its origin, see page 97. In Revelation, an idealist interpretation to be released around Easter 2016 A.D. and available thereafter at our virtual website, HTTP, bookstore site, HTTPS colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. St. Chrysostom described the scene this way in his commentary on the Gospel of St. John. Thomas, being once weaker in faith than the other apostles, toiled through the grace of God more bravely, more zealously, and tirelessly than them all. So he, it was he who went preaching over nearly all the earth, not fearing to proclaim the word of God to savage nations. When the apostles went their separate ways after the resurrection, tradition tells us that St. Mark founded the See of Alexandria, St. Paul and St. Peter the See of Antioch, and then St. Paul the See of Rome, and St. Andrew, as noted in the previous episode, the See of Byzantium. At least by the end of the second century, the story was commonly accepted that Thomas, beginning around 52 AD, had gone throughout Palestine, 
and the Edessa region of Syria into Mesopotamia, Parthia, and even Ethiopia. Among the church fathers in the Eastern and Western churches in the late 4th and early 5th centuries who validated this claim include St. John Chrysostom, St. Gregory Nazianzen, both bishops of Constantinople, and St. Ambrose, bishop of Milan. The illustration is the incredulity of St. Thomas, a Russian Orthodox icon in gilt and temper on a wood panel from the 14th century said to be modeled after a 12th century original in Macedonia. Later, St. Thomas's followers at Edessa in the 6th century developed the St. Thomas Cross, still used by churches in the Middle East and India. The one shown in the illustration is a photograph of a 20th century Syro-Malabar Catholic Church St. Thomas Cross in silver, taken by Robert Klein. According to tradition, St. Thomas founded the first Christian church in India around 52 AD near the region called Goa during the Portuguese colonization of that coast, now called Kerala, and later in the southeast of India in present-day Chennai, formerly known as Madras, he is said to have converted the wife and son of the prefect of the city of Melapur. According to the same tradition, he met a martyr's death at the point of five spears around the year 72 A.D. The traditional site of his death is marked by St. Thomas Mount in Chennai, formerly Madras, India. Also nearby is Santhom Basilica, in Mylapore, Chennai, a Roman Catholic cathedral built on the site in 1896 A.D. and shown in the illustration. A throne of St. Thomas, built by Dutch craftsmen around 1653 A.D. for the Malankara Church, Kerala State, India, is a ceremonial chair used by the Malankara Syrian Orthodox Church commonly called the Indian Orthodox Church, for the installation of bishops. In iconography, Thomas is most often depicted as a young man, unlike the traditional, traditional depictions of Andrew, Peter, Matthew, and John, who are always shown as old and bearded. St. Thomas is the patron saint of architects and builders, the same as that used for the Builder's Square, same as used to honor St. Joseph. He is the patron saint of Christians in India. Several non-canonical books about St. Thomas, including the Gospel of Thomas and Acts of Thomas, were rejected as having been written centuries after St. Thomas's lifetime. In the Eastern Church and Roman Catholic tradition, St. Thomas is said to have witnessed St. Mary's Assumption, based upon an early Christian document, The Passing of Mary. The illustration is a 20th century reproduction of an old Russian Orthodox icon of the Assumption, sh showing St. Thomas as a youthful eyewitness. 
In May 2005, the Joint Anglican-Roman Catholic International Commission in London declared that the doctrine of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin is a belief which Anglicans may believe but are not obligated to believe. The story of the relics of St. Thomas is very convoluted. Tradition says his relics were brought back from India and interred at Edessa in Syria in the 3rd century. St. Ephraim the Syrian wrote several hymns to St. Thomas in the mid-4th century. These were not introduced into the Western Church until the 8th and 9th centuries, about the time the Feast of St. Thomas was added to the Roman Catholic calendar in the 9th century. The story of the passage of St. Thomas's relics into the region of Edessa has been written into Syriac Orthodox Church liturgies. His remains were later taken from Edessa following the rise of Islam and were carried away to Chios, Greece, from which they were stolen in 1258 AD and taken to Ortona in the Abruzzo region of Italy on Italy's east-central coast where they were installed in the Church of St. Thomas the Apostle, declared a basilica in the late 1800s. The collect for the Feast of St. Thomas was written by Archbishop Cranmer based upon John 24, 25, 28, and 29. Almighty and ever-living God, who for the greater confirmation of the faith didst suffer thy holy Apostle Thomas to be doubtful, in thy Son's resurrection, grant us so perfectly and without all doubt to believe in thy Son, Jesus Christ, that our faith in thy sight may never be reproved. Hear us, O Lord, through the same Jesus Christ, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. In the Anglican tradition in America, St. Thomas is commemorated in the special verses for the hymn From All the Saints in Warfare, written in 1864 A.D. by Horatio Nelson, and here used in the version published in the 1892 hymnal sung to the tune, Aurelia. All praise for thine apostle, whose short-lived doubtings prove thy perfect twofold nature, the fullness of thy love. On all who wait thy coming, shed forth thy peace, O Lord, and grant us faith to know thee, true man, true God, adore. The music was performed by Richard Irwin, whose website is www.hymnswithoutwords.com. If you'd like a PDF of all five pages of the hymn, please send an email request to me at frron.stjohnanglican at earthlink.net. Thank you for joining me for Episode 2 in the Lives of the Saints first series, the 1928 BCP Saints. Both series, as well as other teaching videos and seasonal videos, are or will be available on our YouTube channel, 
The direct address is https colon right slash right slash www.youtube.com right slash c right slash St. John C with Saint spelled out. Or through a better way by using the episode links at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net which you will find on the digital library page. I also invite you to visit our virtual bookstore of historical prayer, teaching, and other publications at https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.